Snoop Dogg and D.I. Guess who's back? Steve. Still doing that shit, Andre? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Check me out. It's still Dre Day. Uh? A.K. Uh? Though I've grown a lot, can't keep it home a lot. Cause when I frequent the spots that I'm known to rock, you hear the bass from the... Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. If you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. So on Sunday, we got we received, we got one of the most exciting Super Bowls I think we've ever seen. Was it the best Super Bowl? And, and we'll talk about this a little later. Was it the best Super Bowl? No. Was it the best halftime show? No. But we got an exciting Super Bowl. And I was wondering, going into the Super Bowl, I was like, why? There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of great buzz around the Super Bowl. Now, of course, I'm not saying there isn't always a lot of great buzz around the Super Bowl. But I was wondering why it's a lot of positive buzz. And, and this here's what I mean by that. If you look at most Super Bowls, there's usually a villain. There's usually a team that nobody really wants to see win. Uh, if you look about last year, nobody really wanted to see, you know, well, so a lot of people didn't want to see Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes. And then there was a lot of people that wanted to see Patrick Mahomes, and the Kansas City Chief lose the year before that. Nobody wanted nobody really wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to beat the young Patrick Mahomes. Uh, almost every time Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, people want him to lose. There's always a villain. There's always a team that nobody really wants to win. And this was different. I think everyone had a there was nobody was like, I hate Cincinnati, man. I need Cincinnati to lose. There was really nobody who said, I hate, uh, I hate the LA Rams. I need them to lose. And that's because of stories. There's so many stories that could that were that was attached to the Super Bowl. There's so many stories coming out of the Super Bowl. Let me first start by saying congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams for winning the Super Bowl. Uh, they they beat the LA uh, beat the LA Rams. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals twenty three to twenty. Of course, we'll we'll dissect the whole game. But shouts out to the Rams for beating the Cincinnati Bengals. But like I said, there was a lot of stories that were connected to the Super Bowl. Let's look on the Cincinnati side first. You had a young first of all one of the youngest teams to ever make it to the Super Bowl. Uh, one of the most likable teams. I mean, you had Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, Joe Shicey, whatever you want to call him. You had Jamar Chase. You had some. You you had Zach Taylor, who was one of the youngest, if not the youngest, coach to ever be in the Super Bowl. I think, or I think this was the youngest uh, coaches going head to head. Like it was just a the city of Cincinnati, which was going into the Super Bowl. I think zero and two. Now, unfortunately, zero and three, but. People were people were root people were rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals. People wanted to see a team that didn't know what they didn't know. They kept saying that Joe Burrow said that we don't know, we don't know. A team that really wasn't supposed to be here. A team that, I mean, look look at their path. They went up against the Oakland Raiders, and a lot of people were, were talking about the whole whistle that didn't really count. Uh, then you had to go up against who did they play after? Oh, the Tennessee Titans, which was the number one overall seed in the AFC. 
They pretty much, I'm not going to say this, they pretty much dismantled them, especially with their defense. Then you look, they go into Arrowhead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs in overtime. And then you get to the Super Bowl. Like this team had one of the most unpredictable runs we've ever seen. And it was led by a per, a quarterback that had to had to do the had to go in the transfer portal in college. Didn't really work uh, in Ohio State. First year at LSU was was bad. Second year had one of the all time greatest uh, teams in in college football history. Won the national championship. Won the Heisman. Uh, first overall pick, and now you know hurts himself or gets hurt the first year. Uh, pretty much tears up his knee and comes back and makes it to the Super Bowl. Like, the Cincinnati Bengals had so many storylines, and they didn't really have a villain. They didn't have that, oh, no, I don't want to see them win. Like, and, that, and the same thing for the Rams. When you look at the Rams, you had Matthew Stafford, who, you know, was a <laughs> went to Georgia, was a high draft pick. Uh, no, was His career was dying pretty much in in. Detroit even though he was putting up Hall of Fame numbers he just wasn't it wasn't producing wins because of you know it's 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 Detroit their Super Bowl is pretty much Christmas oh no Thanksgiving um you had Odell Beckham Jr. we know you know we remember the catch in in New York remember all, all the injury after injury after injury that we saw in New York and then he goes to Cleveland that completely didn't work it wasn't his fault but that completely didn't work and now he's with L.A. Von Miller, who is a Super Bowl MVP already, a uh, Super Bowl champion. His, you know, then he started getting hurt in Denver. And then that Denver, he, it's Aaron Donald, arguably one of the greatest football or greatest defensive players we've ever seen. Uh, has all the awards, rookie of the year, um, def- three-time defensive player of the year, all pro. And then he just he just didn't have the, the Super Bowl champion. There was just so many storylines. And this Super Bowl didn't have a villain. But let's talk about and and because of that, I think we were we were a, there was so many pendulum swings even in the game. Let me first start by saying how. Let's talk about the game. Let's 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 talk about the game. Let me first start by saying the Rams played a good game. The, the game went exactly. How am I, how am I going to phrase this? The game was dictated exactly how I thought it was going to be dictated. Did it go exactly how I thought it was going to go? No. But it was dictated the exact way I thought it would be dictated. Now, if you remember last episode, I said it was going to be 27-24. I thought the Rams were going to win by three. While I didn't have the score right, I did have the margin right. Matthew Stafford didn't have the greatest game. In fact, the Rams offense in general didn't have the greatest game. And that is because of Odell Beckham Jr. First and foremost, I'm so happy that Odell Beckham Jr. got a ring. I'm not, I mean, I'm not one of those people that everyone's crapping on Odell Beckham, but people are people were putting unfair criticism on Odell Beckham Jr. Now, 
Do I think that he is a top wide receiver in the league? No, not anymore, at least, due to the amount of injury that he has sustained in his career. But I do think that he can be, he's st- at his at his best, is still a top 10 receiver in the league. It's just you need to get him in a situation like the Rams where I don't know if he's a number one receiver anymore. However, he could possibly be the best number two receiver in the league when healthy. And I'm just so happy for Oda Beckham Jr. getting the ring. I mean, you saw... He was he was crying on the sidelines after they won. He was crying with his uh, with the mother of his child or mother of soon to be mother of his child. It was it was a great moment, man. But the Rams offense did not look good most of the entire game due to Odell Beckham Jr. And this is what I mean about and, and we talk about a lot game plan. You go into a game with a game plan and. 9.8 times out of 10, your game plan is going to get scrapped some way, somehow, whether uh, one of your best players get hurt, it's not working, the defense is, is changing or making you change how you address that game plan, your game plan more than likely is not going to work. And the game plan was, you can tell early on, the game plan was for the Rams, yo, they're going to double Cooper Cup. Get the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, you saw Odell Beckham Jr. had, what, two receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. And it, and it was looking. I feel if, if Odell Beckham stayed in the game, it would not be as close as 23 to 20. I just felt, I felt Odell Beckham Jr. alone was snatching the momentum, and, and he wasn't letting it go. But we talk about game plan. So, Odell Beckham Jr. gets hurt. They're saying that it's more than likely a torn ACL, uh, which I hope for a speedy recovery. Um, it's especially sucks because you tear your ACL in the last game of the year, like literally the last game of the year, and that's usually a twelve month process or twelve month recovery time and now of course you can be like a cam Akers or or adrian pearson and come back hella early which you know I, you don't know the human everyone's body is differently so i i just hope for a speedy recovery i hope he comes back i don't think that this is going to dictate uh i will say this i don't think this is going to dictate the demand for odell beckham jr because of how successful this year was, seeing as though once you leave Cleveland and go to L.A. and he just flourished, I think he had like seven or eight, maybe even nine touchdowns just in L.A. when he only had like four or five or, like five or six in Cleveland. So I don't think the demand for Odell Beckham Jr. is going to dis- dissipate due to injury, but I do think the amount of money that he could possibly get because – you're probably not getting Odell Beckham Jr. for the ne- for next year, seeing as though he's going to be rehabbing. And it's it's unfortunate, man. I don't want to especially. And then, of course, the conversation was was brought on because it was a non-contact injury about turf and grass. I say this, man. If the record shows that artificial turf players that play on artificial turf hurt themselves more than they do when they play on grass as a league. You need to address that. Now, I don't have the 
I don't have the data in front of me. I don't know what the data is. But there is something to be said that once Odell Beckham Jr. went down, former athlete after former athlete after current athlete after current athlete after current athlete came out and said more than likely it was due, like this wouldn't have happened if it was if he wasn't playing on artificial turf. Now, I get the allure of artificial turf as far as for the NFL, it looks good. Uh, it's, it's probably cheaper to maintain than real grass. But, again, this is the league. And, again, if, this, if the record shows that players are getting hurt more on artificial turf than they are on grass, you have to make the change. So, I hope for a speedy recovery for Oda Beckham Jr., man. I really do because – He's a, he's a he's a great player and he's 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 one of he could he could be one of the best players in the league when healthy and when as we see with the Rams when putting the right opportunity. But let's go back to the Super Bowl. And let's go back to game plan. Odell Beckham Jr. goes out. So you think okay, Odell Beckham Jr. goes out. We are we we're we're pretty much rolling at this point. What does that what does Odell Beckham Jr. mean for the game once he goes out? It means, okay, now the defense has to say, all right, whew, we were about to we were about to have to figure out what's gonna happen between Odell Beckham Jr. and Cooper Cup. Now we can solely focus on Cooper Cup and make somebody else beat us. Tyler Higby wasn't playing. Uh, I think their backup tight end hurt hurt his shoulder. The run game and we'll talk about the run game for both teams, but the run game was so unsuccessful. I mean, Cam Akers had 13 rushes for 12, I mean, 21 yards, an average of 1.6 yards. Daryl Henderson had four rushes for seven yards. Sonny Michelle had two rushes for two yards. Cooper Cup had one rush for seven yards. So the rushing game was not happening. So as a defense, you say, all right, Odell Beckham Jr. is not in the game. Because Odell Beckham Jr. was lighting us up. I mean, he had two two catches. He had two catches, and he had a touchdown. He was lighting us up. So now we can focus our attention on Cooper Cup. We can double him. We can triple him if we need to and make somebody else beat us. Like I said, Tyler Higby wasn't playing. Their backup tight end, uh, I think, hurt his shoulder. So it's really on a player like Van Jefferson. And boy, when I see, if you want to know, you know why people, you know why people usually say like uh, injured players are MVPs or should be MVP considerations? Because look what happens when they go out. For instance, and I'm not saying that Odell Beckham Jr. is on this level, but at least anymore. But Kevin Durant goes down for Brooklyn. Kevin Durant goes down, and they proceed to lose 11 straight games. Even with James Harden, even with a part-time Kyrie Irving, they proceed to lose 11 straight games, which has since been snapped. But they have stays. You remember what Golden State looked like without Steph Curry last year or yeah two years ago you remember what or you can see what they look like without Draymond Green 
there are MVP. That's why people that are out, you know, people that usually say, hey, well, LeBron James, if he doesn't play the whole season, should be considered MVP because any team that LeBron James is not on is, or any team that LeBron James is on and he's out due to injury looks considerably worse than they do with him. There's a difference between being a third option when you have an incredible first option and an incredible second option, which then having to slide and be a second option. What does that mean? Van Jefferson. First of all, congratulations, Van Jefferson, for not only winning a Super Bowl, but now the birth of your son. Uh, I think his wife went to labor through the or in the middle of the game uh, and was rushed to the hospital. She instructed them not to tell him until the game was over. He rushed and, and he made it. So, And uh, from what has been reported, it's a healthy baby boy. So, shouts out to them. Damn, now I proceed to talk about him in an in a unflattering light. But look at, the con- look at the structure of this team. Look at the structure of the Rams uh, in the beginning of the year. You had Cooper Cup. Who was a number one? You had Robert Wood, who was a number two. Then you had Van Jefferson, who was a number three. Oh well, you can arguably Van. You can argue that Van Jefferson was a number three because you also had Tyler Tyler Higby, which was a a, a, a a highly productive tight end. Then you go in the middle of the season, or after when once they acquire Odell Beckham Jr. Unfortunately, Robert Wood goes out for the season. Now you have Cooper Cup as number one. You have Odell Beckham Jr. as a number two, and you still have Van Jefferson or Tyler Higby as a number three. Flash forward now to the Super Bowl. Van Jefferson has been a number two, three, this in, number three or four this entire season now he is thrusted into a position into a you need him at a position that he is not used to being which is a number two and for people that think what's the difference between number two and number three like there's really should be no difference there's still football players he's still a wide receiver the difference between a number two and number three is this Let me give you an example. Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins was the number one. And in fact, look at the trajectory of Andrew Wiggins' career. Andrew Wiggins was a number one because he was a number one overall draft pick. Then he slides to a number two when Carl Anthony Towns comes to uh, comes to the Timberwolves. He wasn't that good, number one. He really was not that good at all, honestly, as a number one. He had so much upside, but he wasn't that good. Because he. there's a difference between being a number one player and a number two player. Once he goes to a number two player, he plays a little better. But it doesn't, it doesn't produce wins. And he's still, he still, it's pretty much 1A, 1, or 1A, 1B with him and Carl Anthony Towns. He does, he's not as successful. He's not that good. Because there's a lot of expectation that comes with a number one or a number two. He goes to Golden State. He is a number three. Arguably number four. 
right now number three with Draymond Green being out, but arguably number four. Andrew Wiggins is having the best best season of his career. He is an all-star. That is the difference. There's not a lot asked of you. There's not as much asked from you being a number two than a number three than number one. You People outside of sports just think it's just numbers, but it's not. Look at, think about it. Steph Curry is a number one. Look how much pressure is put on, or look how much attention. In fact, Steph Curry is a number one. Klay Thompson is a number two. Look how much pressure is put, or look how much attention is put on Steph Curry compared to Klay Thompson. While they both draw a lot of attention, there is a considerable considerable amount of more attention for Steph Curry than there is for Klay Thompson. When we go to the Super Bowl, there is a considerable amount of pressure, I mean, amount of attention that went to Odell Beckham Jr. than it did to Van Joseph. So now that you put Van Joseph at the number two position, now defenses have to adjust to you. Instead, okay, you go from, you know, we're going to let, if, if they if they beat us because Van Joseph gets 10 receptions for 200 yards, hey, they just beat us because our game plan is to stop Odell Beckham Jr. and Cooper Cup. Now it goes from, that to, all right, we stop in Cooper Cup. We cannot let Van Joseph goes off. You see how that sounds different? And I go I go around all that to say Van Joseph did not have the best game. Did not have the best game. He had four receptions for 23 yards. But the thing about that was he could not create separation. Goes back to game plan. Goes back to what do you what what happens when your game plan when Ish hits the fan? The Rams needed Van Joseph to to be a number two when he's not a number two, and that is the reason why the Rams' offense it really wasn't because of Matthew Stafford. Now, yes, Matthew Stafford did have two interceptions, but. It was because your game plan was thrown off and the person that you thrusted up was not ready for that moment. There's a reason. You know, there's 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 also a thing called momentum. And we talked about we talk about that at nauseum on this on this podcast. Hell, I tweeted this going into the half. The the failed kick. Uh, I think the the fail kick for the Rams, the kicker bobbled or the the holder bobbled the ball, um, and they didn't go into they did not go into the game or they didn't go into halftime with a with a with a bigger lead. And I said I said this lo- that drive looks eerily similar to the end the drive that ended or the drive before halftime with the Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs and the and the Cincinnati Bengals because momentum yes it's just 3 points but there's a difference between dominating the first half and going into the second half after scoring a field goal instead of dominating the first half and then you're about to score and you don't so now, and the and the defense stops you. So now it's like, hey, we just stopped him. So now, and then the defense gets the the defense gets the ball the, to start the second half. It's 
It's crazy. So there's a reason for momentum because once once Cincinnati came out that second half and T. Higgins scores that touchdown. Now, yes, it was one of the most blatant offensive face masks I have ever seen in my life. T. Higgins pretty much grabbed Jalen Ramsey's uh, face mask and swung him. Didn't call it for some reason. I don't know how the hell you didn't see that. But T. Higgins scores. Oh, shoot. Mm. Uh-oh. Now we're only up by this much. And then they come down. Joe Mixon throws and throws a touchdown. Now we're up. And, and for a while, it looked like, again, it took a minute and it's, it, it took a minute for the, the Rams to figure out how the hell are we going to beat this team. Give There's a lot of credit that needs to be given to the Cincinnati Bengals defense. The Cincinnati Bengals defense played their best game of the year. Yes, they did lose, but they played their best game of the year. And they completely, I'm not going to say, they pretty much neutralized the rushing game. They neutralized the rushing game for the Rams. The rushing game that would have helped, seeing as though Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't there, would have helped with Cam Akers, with with Henderson, it it with Sonny Michelle. It was completely neutralized. Like they weren't the the Rams were getting nothing. And we'll talk about the difference between the Rams rushing and the Cincinnati Bengals rushing, but the Cincinnati Bengals defense was incredible when it came to stopping the rush. But the offense, the Rams offense was not clicking at all until the fourth quarter. And then you saw Matthew Stafford. I mean, Matthew Stafford was connecting to Cooper Cup. And there's something that has to be said when you know where the ball is going and it still gets there. There's that that is incredible. That that's talent on the quarterback. That's talent on the receiver. You know Odell Beckham Jr. is not there. Van Jefferson is not having a good game in the slightest. You the run game isn't working. You know where the ball is going. Cooper Cup. Offensive player of the year this year. Uh pretty much had a triple crown as far as I think receiving yards, touchdowns, and and uh yeah, receiving yards, touchdowns, and I think completions. You knew it was going to Cooper Cup, and you still couldn't stop it. Cooper Cup. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I want to. Um, I don't need to. They've been killing Eli Apple. <laughs> they have been, man. We need to really check on Eli Apple and his mental health because it wasn't just like people on social media like me and, and somebody random. It was like NFL players <laughs> were killing Eli Apple. Gave up the game-winning touchdown. Mm-mm-mm. Man. But um, the Rams... This game was won for the Rams uh, by by their defense and their defensive pressure. And, and the exact thing that I said, the exact reason 
why I said I thought the Rams were going to win. It's, it's pretty much how they won. Their de- their offense, if it wasn't for their defense, they would have lost. And I know that's that's easy to say, but Aaron Donald took over the game. He had two, and I know, I mean, when you when you look at it, I know it doesn't sound like spectacular. I mean, Aaron Donald had what two sacks and four, uh, four tackles, I believe. But you got to look at when those tackles happen, when those sacks happen. The Rams were, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals were rolling. And honestly, if it wasn't for a couple of those hurry ups, a couple of those tackles, and those two and two two sacks. There's a good possibility that not only Cincinnati Bengals score again, but look at the last play. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but look at the last play. Joe Burrow's rushing. Aaron Donald gets through. If you look at the the, the screenshot that's that's circling circulating around the media, circulating around uh, social media, Jalen Ram, uh, Jamar Chase beat Jalen Ramsey. Jamar Chase was open. If if Joe Burrow had just a second more, a millisecond more, and he saw Jamar Chase, that more than likely would have been six. And we would be talking about a completely different outcome. That is just how disruptive uh, Aaron Donald in that defense was. I mean, Von Miller was incredible. Uh Leonard Floyd was incredible. It, I said going into the game that this game is going to go between, or this game is going to be dictated by the Rams' best unit, which is their defensive front, and the, the Cincinnati Bengals' worst unit, which is their offensive line. And as we saw, Joe Burrow got sacked seven times that game. Seven Remember, he got sacked nine times against the against the Tennessee Titans. He got sacked seven times. And one of them, I think his leg bent back. So I'm sure after that he was playing hurt. And that's not me saying, hey, man, uh, the only reason why they won, the only reason why the Rams won is because Joe Burrow was hurt. No, the only reason why the Rams won is because the Rams defensive line dominated, like literally dominated the the Cincinnati Bengals uh, offensive offensive line. Seven times. I think he was sacked 19 times this entire uh, 19 times the entire playoffs, which is like tied, for, which is the most in NFL history, I believe. And I think from what I heard, he was sacked like 70 times this year or something like that. Now, I'm not one to say I'm not I can't really say I told you no, so in this situation because of how great Jamar Chase was. I mean, Jamar Chase was leaps and bounds the best offensive rookie this year. Especially being paired with Joe Burrow. But that's one of the biggest reasons. Moments like this is one of the biggest reasons why I said, you know, I may not have drafted Jamar Chase because, look, you have Rashawn Slater, who was incredible for the Chargers. You had Panay Sewell, who was great for the Lions. 
You want to get Joe Burrow's coming off a year last year where he shattered his knee due to the lack of protection from the offensive line. So I'm like, why? You didn't. And I'm, for people that are Cincinnati fans, I understand that a lot of the offensive line was injured last year. There weren't this year, and they were trashed this year. Now, again, I'm not saying that looking back now, I would have drafted either Slater or Panay Sewell over Jamar Chase, but it would have looked a lot different if you had a Rashawn Slater or a Panay Sewell as on your offensive line. Now, I do also understand that it would look a lot different if you didn't have a Jamar Chase, but I'm just saying. You... This, I'm sorry, I, I really fear for um, Joe Burrow's longevity in the league if you do not address. I'm, I almost feel like their first three draft picks and their first three moves in free agency has to be offensive line. Because you have, you have a franchise quarterback. You have a top five potential quarterback on your team. You need to give them protection because this game would have been won if they would have been able to protect Joe Burrow. And they were not able to. He was sacked seven times. Seven. And, 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 I mean, Joe, Joe Burrow, what? He only had 200, 263 yards, but that's also because he was running for his life most of the game. Also. We talk about game plan. One of the biggest, uh, if you go back to the first time the Rams uh, and Sean McVay were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots with Tom Brady and the Patriots. We talk about game plan because what do you do once your game plan doesn't work or the defense, the defense makes you have to switch your game plan. And now we're going to go get over to the Cincinnati Bengals side. But when you look at the Rams first first time with Sean McVay and Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, when you look at their first stint in the Super Bowl, the Patriots completely neutralized their running game, made Todd Gurley so ineffective that they completely went away from the rush. Like, they just stopped rushing the ball. And that's the biggest reason why the uh, the New England Patriots won that Super Bowl. Because their game plan was to control the line of scrimmage, and their game plan was to make, make the Cincinnati, I mean, make the L.A. Rams stop running the ball. And that's exactly what they did. Because the defensive front for the Patriots were just too much for the offensive line that was the Rams, and they had no rushing game. So what did they do? The Rams completely just ditched the rushing game and just had Jared Goff just completely throw the ball. Like, that's all he did was throw the ball, and it didn't work. Fast forward to this year, this Super Bowl, Sunday. Both defenses did a great job at stopping the run. Cam Akers was getting nothing. Sonny Michelle was getting nothing. Joe Joe Mixon was really getting nothing. Giovanni Bernard was getting nothing. I mean, we know we saw the big stop. I think it was 
third and one. Uh, they rush Giovanni Bernard, and he pretty much goes straight into Aaron Darnold's arms. Like, they were getting nothing. But the difference between this year and the first time that the Rams were in the Super Bowl with Sean McVay is they didn't give up on the run. No. Um, 13 rushes for 21 or 21 yards. One rush for seven yards. Four rushes for seven yards. Three. Uh, Matthew Stafford had three rushes for six yards. Sonny Michelle had two rushes for two yards. Those aren't going to... Those aren't going to uh, break the bank. Those aren't going to run home and say, yeah, Ma, I had 13 rushes for 21. That's that's not going to make news. But what is going to make news is even though they were not, the rush was not as effective as they, as they wanted it to be, the Rams didn't stop rushing the ball. The Rams did not run away from the rush. And because of that, there was a lot of lanes that were able to be opened for receivers because there was still a sense that they could still rush the ball because they didn't completely ditch the rush. Go to Cincinnati, they completely threw the rush away. Yes, Joe Mixon has 15 rushes, but outside of that, Simaji P. Ryan had two for zero yards. And most of the most of Joe Mixon's 15 rushes were in the first half. To me, that was the biggest detriment and one of the biggest reasons why the Cincinnati Bengals, not the biggest, of course, their biggest was they, their offensive line couldn't stop the Rams' defensive line. But one of the biggest reasons they lost is because they completely ditched the run. They did exactly what the Rams did when they saw the uh, New England Patriots that first time. Zach Taylor, there were a couple moments where, now again, first Super Bowl, Young quarter, young coach, and Sean McVay pretty much did the same thing the first time he was in the Super Bowl. It's just like there was some plays like, "Yo, what are you? You're trying to get a little too cute. Just run the ball, bro. Just run the ball. I know it hasn't been working, but you need to run the ball more because there's this offensive. There's a, all right. The biggest. Both these teams needed to rush the ball for different reasons. For the Rams, they needed to continue to rush the ball, which they did in certain spots, because it opens up more lanes for Cooper Cup, for Van Joseph, who missed a lot of passes. Uh, for player for for their passing game. The Ram the, the Cincinnati Bengals needed to rush the ball more. Because the offensive line could not protect Joe Burrow. And you can tell they had nothing for that defensive front when you have Joe Mixon. <laughs> Joe Mixon at like the five-yard line. They, they, they did trick plays because it wasn't working. Now, yes, Joe Mixon did throw the touchdown. Uh, I think to Tyler Boyd, but... They needed to resort to that instead of, because I don't, I don't, I honestly believe if they would have gave it to Joe Burrow, that would not have worked. They needed to continue to the Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals need to continue to rush the ball at least, make the defense know that okay they haven't completely ran away from the run 
because the offensive line is doing a piss poor job protecting your franchise quarterback in Joe Burrow. And you have players like Aaron Donald, who is arguably the greatest defensive player of all time, and Von Miller, who is already a Super Bowl MVP barreling down to your quarterback. And the offensive line is being destroyed. Now, no. Do I think that Joe Mixon could have done something if he had more than 15 yards I think he would I don't know if he would have scored but I do think that the defense would have been a little different yeah man um but both both teams played a good game from what from all, all that that I just said both teams played a, play it was a good it was an exciting Super Bowl man um Again, I, I hope for a speedy recovery with uh, for Odell Beckham Jr. Um, this really shows you the this. I hope the Super Bowl shows you just how important Odell Beckham Jr. was when you look at the production that he had compared to the production that they had from any other receiver outside of Cooper Cup because no other receiver outside of Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham could create separation. Which is why you saw Van Jefferson have four receptions. Which is why you saw them having to continuously try to throw the ball to Daryl Henderson, who was a wide I mean, who was a running back. And he had four three yards for four or three receptions for forty three yards. He had more reception yards than Van Joseph, who they 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 needed. So I hope this, and that's why I think Odell Beckham Jr. is going to, I'm not going to say receive a big payday, but he's he's going to be a huge uh, target in free agency because of how important he was uh, for this team. Um, but it was a good Super Bowl, man. It was a good Super Bowl. Uh, I understand why um, Cooper Cup won the Super Bowl MVP, I mean, he had eight receptions for 92 yards, two touchdowns, one of which being the game-winning touchdown on Eli Apple. So I understand why, but I just, I believe that it should have went to Aaron Donald. And I believe it should have went to Aaron Donald because I feel Aaron Donald's, Aaron Donald's presence, and even though the number, I mean, two sacks and four tackles aren't eye-popping, you have to see... Those stats are deeper than the stat book. You have to see when those two sacks happen, when those uh, four tackles happen, when the hurry ups. Like Aaron Donald's, Aaron Donald's energy completely shifted the game for the Cincinnati Bengals. We talk so much about how bad their their offensive line was. Well, a lot of that was because Aaron Donald was getting past them, and he was just he was bench pressing players. So while I understand why Cooper Cup got it because he had the game-winning uh, touchdown, I would have given the Super Bowl MVP to Aaron Donald, who, in my opinion, when it's all said and done, now there was reports that come out saying that he could retire and he's he's uh, contemplating retiring, you know, pretty much retiring on top. We also heard the same reports about Sean McVay in about eight seasons. Aaron Donald will go down to me as the second best defensive player of all time, next to Lawrence Taylor. Yes, I think better than Reggie White. 
Aaron Donald, man, he does things. That's what and Shannon Sharp said it best. That's why when when people talk about Aaron Donald, they say he's the best player. He or he's arguably the best player in the league. Not the best defensive player, not the best uh, you know, line or interior lineman. They say he is arguably the best player in the NFL. That's why when we talk about, you know, some of the best players, of course, we throw in Patrick Mahomes. We throw in uh, Tom uh, Tom Brady. When he was there, we throw in Aaron Rodgers. That's why Aaron Donald's name always comes up because this is how, he, how good he is. He is a complete package for def- – he's an interior lineman getting double and triple teams, an interior lineman. Getting double and triple teams. And he, to me, was the biggest factor. Um, was the biggest factor of the Super Bowl. And that's why I would have given him the Super Bowl MVP. But I understand why Cooper Cup got it. And shouts out to Matthew Stafford, man. Matthew Stafford is a proof of what happens when you put a good player that was on a terrible franchise, terrible team, and you put him in a good franchise with a good team and, and good weapons and good protection at the offensive line. It took one year. <laughs> that man, that man's career was rotting for years in Detroit. One year in, in LA and he is now a Super Bowl champion. And he didn't even have the greatest game again, two twenty six for 40, uh, 283 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Nothing to really scoff at, but he's a Super Bowl champion, and he is a big reason why they won. I mean, this really right. That's right. That's why they make the move. That's why they. That's why you trade your number one overall pick that got you to a Super Bowl and Jared Goff for a player that is just putting up stats and nothing show like. Shouts out to shouts out to, to to both teams, man. Shouts out to the Rams. Shouts out to the Bengals. I do. I don't know. I will say this, man. Um, people keep saying that the Bengals are young. They'll get back. You don't know that. We don't know that. Because if you look in the AFC, man, it's that is a that is a hell of a gauntlet, man. You have Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. You have Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers. You have Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Hell, <laughs> you have, even though they're not as good, but you have Derek Carr in the Oakland Raiders, I mean, in the, in the Vegas Raiders. So, and, and if you do not, if they don't address, and it's not just address, it's not just get players. For the offensive line. If you don't get the right players. Then it's hard for me to see. I mean yes you have a young. Incredible young talent in Joe Burrow. An incredible young talent. in, Or young talented. Offensive core in in Joe Mixon. And Jamar Chase. And T Higgins. And Tyler Boyd. And that drop from from Tyler Boyd. Was probably. And that was his first drop. Since like 2020. The drop that was on like the third down, that was a huge play. Cause Cincinnati uh the, the Rams just scored. Uh Cincinnati was was driving down the field. They were trying to snatch the momentum back. 
and Tyler Boyd drops it. Now, I'm not blaming him for the loss, but that was a huge moment. But back to what I was saying, they the Cincinnati Bengals have, again, it, it'd be different if, it'd be, it'd be different if, you know, it'd be different if they their their offensive line wasn't as bad but again in the AFC alone Lamar Jackson Josh Allen uh see what happens with Deshaun Watson Patrick Mahomes Derek Carr Mac Jones Justin Herbert the Tennessee Titans defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and T.J. Watt. The Indianapolis Colts defense with DeForest Buckner and Darius Leonard. Arguably, possibly, Aaron Rodgers in the t- if, if, if he goes to Denver. So, yeah, man, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Do I think that they'll be exciting for years to come? Of course, but... When they said, oh, we'll be back, I don't know. Oh, and the Super Bowl halftime show <laughs> was great. Uh, they, it was incredible. Everybody did the thing. Look here. I've had my gripes about Eminem. I think back in the day, you know, the Marshall Mathers LP... Uh, back in the day, Eminem was an incredible rapper. And I'm not saying, you know, when we talk about Marshmallow's LP, the Eminem show, Slim Shady LP, Encore, Eminem has some incredible, incredible. Uh, Eminem's a great rapper, one of the best rappers of, one of the, the best rappers of all time. But it's been a while, man, since, in my opinion, Eminem is, Eminem just be rapping. When I say he just be rapping, Eminem be rapping fast. He be, but he he don't be talking about nothing. He just be rapping. He has some of the worst lines I've heard in a while. I mean, I'm not going to say some of these lines, but they're just bad. I say all that to say. First and foremost, I knew, I just knew it. I knew that he was going to play lose yourself. Somebody said on Twitter, which which is gold, that lose yourself for white people is what dreams and nightmares is for black people. And I lost it. Like, I, I went, <laughs> oh, man. But he took a knee. Bruh, get up. I'm not saying... Uh, just no, I'm not saying don't take a knee. I'm not saying like, uh, I'm not saying oh he took a knee and and it's it's horrible. Like he's ter- no, I'm saying get up because bruh, it was already announced that you were gonna do it. So it's not like the the shock factors there. Even though the league told you not to do it, it's not the the shock factors not there. So just get up, bro. Get up. Get up. But the, the the whole Super Bowl was the Super Bowl uh, halftime was great. Dr. Dre was great. Kendrick Lamar was great. 
50 Cent came. And for people that don't understand why 50 Cent uh, was hanging upside down, you know, you, you might as well just get out, get, you know, just 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 get just leave the podcast now. If you're following me, just unfollow me, bro. It's it's not it's okay. In the in the club will be at my I will play that at my wedding. I promise you. You know, weddings for men. There's there's weddings are usually for women, uh, of course, or use yeah usually for women. If we're talking about traditional marriages, um, you know they it's usually for them to look good. It's usually for them to do the dress. Marriages are are, are for the women to to be the most important th- important figure at the place like that's why the woman the woman usually looks 10 times better than the man that's why the the woman takes more care of her hair and then the face the weddings are for the women so with that like w- because of that there's not a lot of th- uh, now of course men can have input and men should have input it shouldn't just be the women planning everything but Usually the best way to do it is just go with the flow. If, if that's what you like, if that's what your significant other likes, just go give it to them. Allow her to allow them to feel special. So there are a lot of negotiables when we talk about uh, what a man wants, because if it's not exactly what the woman wants, more than likely it's not happening. I have two non-negotiables. Everything else from the venue to the date, everything, you can do that. I have two non-negotiables. I'm wearing a white suit or at least a white coat with black pants. I'm wearing that. I'm wearing a white suit. And I'm also in the club by 50 Cent is playing. That is arguably my favorite song of all time. I am playing that at my wedding. I know I just went on a tangent, but hey, just saying. But yeah. Uh, Kendrick Lamar was great. Dr. Dre was great. Snoop Dogg was great. Uh, Mary J. Blige was great. 50 Cent was great. <sighs> Eminem play Lose Yourself. So it, it was good. I don't think it, people are saying it was the greatest halftime show ever. Uh, chill out. I mean, that man Prince was was playing Purple Rain in the rain. And from you know all the behind the scenes videos that came out apparently like all the technology like all the 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 sound equipment everything was just going to hell due to the rain and prince still put on one of the greatest performances of all time beyonce uh with with what bruno mars and i think kendrick like that come on come on man so no it, i don't know i'm not going to say that it was the greatest of all time i'm just going to say that it was it was incredible uh, and one of the best that I've seen, not the best, one of the best. So that was a Super Bowl, man. That was a Super Bowl. Again, and congratulations and shouts out to the Rams for winning twenty three to twenty the Super Bowl. Shouts out for Cooper Cup for winning the uh final uh Super Bowl MVP. Uh if Aaron Donald does retire, shout you know, he he will also go down still in the short amount of time that he's played as arguably the best defensive player ever. Um, Shouts out, man. Shouts out. Uh, There's still some football news to be had. I mean, there's pretty much a war between (laughs) Kyler Murray and, and the Cardinals. No team, especially a team that had a successful, a successful regular season. No team wants to go out this the way that the Cardinals went out. It was just completely bad. Like it was they got nothing worked for the Cardinals. 
Kyler Murray was horrible. The running game was horrible. The defense was horrible. Buda Baker got hurt. Nothing, no team, and, the, and, and I think the worst part uh, is people were expecting this. Remember I always said, let me just, just hold off because the, the Cardinals are always like this. The Cardinals always have a high, high, and then they just crash at the worst time, and that's exactly what happened. So because of that, now you're having, I think, anonymous sources are pretty much saying, anonymous sources in the, the, the Arizona organization is, is pretty much airing out the dirty laundry between, you know, their relationship and Kyler Murray. Pretty much making Kyler Murray the reason why they lost. Kyler Murray said he's trying, he's being scapegoated. It, it's, it's, it's bad. I will say this, though. Cardinals, be very careful what happens. I'm not saying that Kyler Murray is the best quarterback, but he is a really good quarterback. And you can be in this. You, there's there's all there's a lot of different situations you can be in without Kyler Murray. That's all I'm saying. And, I'm, and, and yes, Kyler Murray needed to play better and should have played better in the in the in the playoff game. But he still had I think he was like second in QBR in the regular season behind like Joe Burrow or something like that. Just I'm, all I'm saying is be careful what you ask for. Or if be because there could be a life without Kyler Murray on the team. And while I'm not saying Kyler Murray's the best wide, I mean best quarterback, uh, he's not the worst. I mean he's he's a very good quarterback actually. I will say that. So, ooh, and then we go over to Carson Wentz. Ah, so reports came out saying that uh, Carson Wentz and the Indian. Indianapolis Colts are 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 trying to uh, either cut him or trade him by like the trade deadline. Oh no, by like March third or something. You know, it's so it's so it's crazy how just. Yeah, you remember. I was one of the people that said Dan Orlowski, who is very vocal about uh, Matthew Stafford. Dan Orlowski is one of the people that was talking about Carson Wentz saying that this could be a huge move. Carson Wentz had some moments, but Carson Wentz has turned into the the turned into the quarterback that you you cannot win with them as their starting quarter. At least win big, because. Indianapolis, the Indianapolis Colts made huge moves, huge moves this year, like with their defense, with their running game. A lot of people said all they needed was a quarterback, and they they didn't even make the playoffs when they had like a 90% chance, and they lost to the Jags, the final game, because of how bad Carson Wentz played. Now, I'm not saying it's all because of Carson Wentz, but mainly it was because of Carson Wentz. So I don't know. I mean, I'm hearing maybe Washington. I, I don't know. That's crazy that I'm hearing that the two quarterbacks that are pretty much like on Washington's radar is Carson Wentz and Jimmy Garoppolo. And and they're willing to give a first round pick. The that eleventh that eleventh pick. It's I don't know, man. It's it sucks for, for Carson. It sucks for Carson. <laughs> 
we are never seeing the Carson, the the MVP caliber Carson again. I don't believe it. I mean, because you thought this was that you thought this was the year to do that because you're pairing him back with Frank Reich, who once they when they were last together, Carson Wentz had his best season. And you thought it was a mental thing. Okay, you're pairing back with Frank Wright. He's familiar with Frank Wright. They they have a strong relationship. This should be good. He we should get Carson Wentz the 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 MVP cap. There was a time when he was le- he was the clear cut MVP until he got hurt. So you think, all right, you pairing with Frank Wright back. You know, you have a good offensive line. You have a great running game. You have a great defense. You have pieces. Uh, you have you know Michael Pittman. Like you have great pieces around him and he still and Carson went still uh crap the bed Ooh, I don't know what's uh, I'm not saying this is it for Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz can still be a serviceable uh quarterback but it's kind of been proven now that you can't you're not a a Super Bowl caliber team with Carson Wentz and that has been and that is because yo the you had everything everything that you say when you look at Lamar Jackson you say what does Lamar Jackson not have Lamar Jackson doesn't really have a solid number one receiver it could be Rashad Bateman it's definitely not Hollywood Brown right now his number one target is Mark Andrews who's a tight end People people say that if he just gets a number one receiver, that'll just completely open up the Ravens' offensive attack. And they could even be better, or they could, with all the you know people coming back from injury, they could be a hell of a lot better and have a hell of a lot better chance of making the Super Bowl if he just gets a number one receiver. That can create separation. Carson Wentz had that, has that. Michael Pittman. Hell, he has a decent number two right now in 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 Zach Pascal. So that's why I. It just feels like Car. It seems like Carson Wentz. If Carson Wentz is your starting quarterback, you're not a Super Bowl contending team because you can have everything. the The Indianapolis Colts have everything that you need everything and they they didn't even make the playoffs they have everything they have a number one receiver they have a number one rushing back or running back they have a, a an incredible defense an incredible secondary a good coach a good offensive line and they still didn't even make the playoffs so yeah if Carson Wentz is your starting quarterback you're not a championship team because of Carson Wentz. And lastly, before we go, uh, shouts out to Israel Asanya for beating Robert Whitaker by unanimous decision. Um, oh, actually, never mind. Uh, yeah, beating unanimous decision. Uh, this is what his eleventh, eleventh um, straight win in the weather of. Uh, in the middleweight division, uh, he did go up and lost, but and that's his only one loss. And you know, a lot of people are saying that he could be uh, arguably the greatest middleweight 
UFC fighter of all time. The numbers pretty much speaks for itself. I think you're pretty much he's pretty much rivaling rivaling Anderson Silva at this point. Uh, and he did beat Anderson Silva. Now, of course, it was the latter half of Anderson Silva's career. But um, shouts out to Israel Israel Adesanya. Now, I will say that I don't know. There, there's a lot of controversy. Not saying that he didn't deserve to win, but. I don't know if it was a unanimous decision. Uh, I know Robert Whitaker, especially like the fourth round, uh, probably the fourth and fifth round, I I think he was good enough to at least win those rounds. Again, I don't think that. I I have no problem with Israel Zanya. I think he did win. I just don't think it should have been a unanimous decision. I think that, uh, hell, one judge gave... Israel, um, off, 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 what five rounds, and I, I don't see that. So, I just, I'm not, I, I'm not saying the controversy should be did he win because I, I think he deserved to win. Uh, I just don't think it should have been an decision. But shouts out to Israel Adesanya for winning eleven straight uh, middleweight. Is it weatherweight? Middleweight. Um. Middleweight championships or middleweight middleweight belts. So uh, definitely, definitely, uh, definitely, definitely uh, deserved. So, and there you have it. I was going to talk about James Harden, uh, like who who has more pressure between James Harden and Ben Simmons, but I don't I don't need to do that. We already talked about it. Uh, both both players did report to the teams. Um, James Harden, you know, so. James Harden's not playing till All Star break or till after All Star break, so he's out. And I think they've replaced him with Jared Allen, which I'm not mad at. I, I do believe it probably should have went to Jalen Brown, uh, but I, I'm not mad. You, you have two players from Cleveland, the All Star games in Cleveland, so I'm not upset with it. Um, but yeah, there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Uh, if you want Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie. Sweater, long sleeve, jogger. The link is in the description below. I have multiple different designs, multiple different colors. So whatever you want, I got you. Just click on it, buy it, and we here. We got you. Also, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. If you can, uh, leave a comment, leave a like. If you're listening to it, uh, give it a review, rate it, or whatever it is. I'm trying to get more people to to experience the unpopular podcast. I'm trying to get more people to hear me, to see me, uh, whether on YouTube and watching the vis- visuals, if you're on Apple or whatever you get your podcast, it should be there. Leave a comment, leave a like. Uh, we'll, we'll chat back and forth about it because I do be in the comments and I do like to communicate with people. So, uh, yeah, just, let's just try to get the algorithms going for the popular podcast, if you can. Um, and again, I appreciate you guys, and I hope that you have a, a, a great day. And until next time, much love. Much, <laughs> much love. We on? All right. One, two, three, go! Waking up in a dream. Sleepwalking on another big stage You never heard peace till you hear people scream Your name and your son, I'm so far away From the place I used to be Struggling usually, look at the new of me Fate pursuing me, I can feel the energy in the air It feel like I'm supposed to be here Everywhere I go I'm getting so much love From fans to stars, everyone Saying how they can't wait for the OP And I'm gonna blow, they believe in me Feel so good in what you do Help somebody else get through That's why I
A fool if I take it off for granted. A smart man if I keep my feet planted to the earth. Cause the people that hurt can understand it. You speaking outlandish. I'ma show you how to make it all work. Another planet is a short term goal for me. A record soul for me. It's just more of me and you're here. For you to hear Kendrick persevere. Defenses I fear relentless. Ambition with a clear vision. Taking off, I ain't taking off these pistons. I'm taking off on the enemy. Your distance came across me. How much it'll cost me to get you out my business. I said a planet is a short term goal. No sky is the limit. I'm past that. Now past that. Award not one but four times two plus yours. I see myself performing that. Sold out shows where the room is packed. Uh -huh. Sitting at the Grammys winning five awards. See myself on big billboards. Traveling around the world with endorsement deals. Can't imagine how it feels. That's why I'm smiling every day because my dream ain't Tell me I'm blessed, calculated my steps, my heart, my breath, breathe lungs of a victory and vividly you see me when I'm at my best, my worst, this first dedicated to the days that I slept with a curse, research my pay dues, I'm reimbursed, I burst in the crowd with a voice and a crown, I'm a king on the prowl and I see mama smile and a vow I'ma take that I'll never break, you can break bread with me now, we can all take a bow on the edge of the pedestal and scream out loud that we made it off the avenue and walk that mile in the darkness, I often sit back and get lost in the rap that I wrote when you told me that it spoke to your soul i was talking to you i was walking it through every ghetto tell success hello we here and i'm so happy i cry cause i can't believe all the things i ever wanted are finally happening for me and it's so surreal 